Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, Niner fans? You are listening to another episode of the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Brian Rennick, and I am joined, as always, by Al Sacco and in his Jeff Garcia jersey. Zane Nakvi, wearing that number five on his chest. Uh, he says it's Trey Lance. I say it's Jeff Garcia. Nobody knows for sure. We can only see the front. But uh, guys, it's it's draft season. We're 16, 16 days away from the first, uh, first day of the draft. 17 days away from when the 49ers pick because of uh, the guy whose jersey you're wearing there, Zane. But uh, I'm excited, guys. I don't know about you, but uh, how are you feeling about draft season? I wish I was more excited, maybe because the Niners aren't picking till what, 99 or whatever. Um, but I mean, look, the draft, I love it kind of no matter what. It's kind of like a holiday for me. So I don't know if you guys have traditions, but so, you know, when I was younger or whatever, maybe you watch it with friends, but I got to a certain point and like got engaged and stuff like that. I just wanted to watch the draft by myself. So what I would do is I would get a 12 pack, which was back then. I probably drink the Coors Light or something like that. And like pizza and wings, that was my thing. And I'm going to watch the draft nice. be on Saturday, right? So it was all day on Saturday. So my plan was I'm going to eat my pizza and wings. I'm going to drink all 12 of my beers. And then by eight o'clock, I'm going to question my life choices, what I'm doing with myself, like what's wrong with me, all that other stuff. But there was one year I remember, and I don't remember the year, which is a little sad because when I tell you why, you're going to be like, you're pathetic. But it was when I was getting ready for my wedding invitations. I'm trying to do mathematically when I got married, but hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, so she's like, listen, if you're just going to sit there and watch the draft all day, can you at least like do these invitations? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I'll do it or whatever. So you could tell like, you know, I'm doing them periodically through the day and you could tell like how many beers I had from the way that it looked. Cause like the writing just got like, it just slanted up and slanted down. And I remember her looking at him like, I'm lucky I got married after that, but they went out and anybody who knows me knows, listen, Al was probably just you know, having a fun little Saturday, but um, yeah, so it's a fun day for me. And even on Friday now, you know, I'm going to barricade myself down in my basement and ignore my family and, you know, have, have a little time, have a little L time. That's what I'm going to do. I, so I don't know what you guys I love it. 
Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little Al time. I think one of my growing up, I used to love watching the draft because specifically more after the 49ers started getting bad after after the the winning years in the dynasty. Because at that point, really, like what you're looking at was a chance to improve the team by getting an impact player because you're picking at the top of the draft so much. And I remember specifically being so excited for the 2005 draft, which is when they should have picked Aaron Rodgers. That was the first draft where mm-hmm. I was really like, where I was like really like invested in it. And I was really like, you know, I did a bunch of research and I was like, all right, cool. Like Aaron Rodgers should be the pick. They should get him. And I was watching the draft and they picked Alex Smith. And I'm like, are you like, are you kidding me? Why? And then, you know, the rest is history. But I think that it's almost, so if we want to compartmentalize this, the draft is almost more fun when they're bad because you have the, you have a mm-hmm. better chance at getting a better player. And that is exciting to me. Like when they, when they got Nick Bosa, that was just unbelievable to me. That was one of the best draft moments of all time for me. Um, similar to when they got Patrick Willis, Patrick Willis was probably, I mean, top one of my top five favorite draft picks ever, given the fact that they, I remember uh, a couple of weeks before the draft, they aired his story and how he grew up and things like that. Like it was just unbelievable. And I'm like, Hey, yeah. that guy is awesome. He's an awesome person. And then I started watching his highlights. I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. I hope he falls to the 49ers. So you had Patrick Willis fall to the 49ers. You had uh, an era where you had the Vernon Davis pick, which was an, he was an unbelievable combine and, and pro day warrior and, and turned into a great 49er. Then you had, you, you had Patrick Willis come along. Then you had Michael Crabtree fall to the 49ers. That somehow. was a fun year. That was exciting. I remember when he was falling and you're like, are they really going to get him? And who'd the Raiders take? Hayward Bay? Hayward Bay, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. And, and Crabtree fell to the Niners. And it was like, un- I was like so hyped about that because he was a Blitnikoff winner that year. And he had a, a great year at Texas Tech and a great career there. And he was fantastic. The unquestioned best receiver in, in college football. And then there are the down, the, there's the down years, right? Where they passed on Deshaun Jackson for Kentuan Balmer and Shiloh. Ray Call, what a Rochelle, yeah. Chilo, Chilo Rochelle. Or when and, you trade down 15 times for Rashawn Woods. Yeah, you trade down a bunch of times for Rashawn Woods. And then, yeah. you know, the Harbaugh years, the AJ Jenkins, and and yeah. now most recently with Solomon Thomas and and with, with Ruben Foster, who I thought was a great pickup, but then like he couldn't get his life in order. So, any, anyways, like I think there's an ex- a certain excitement no matter what with the draft. But for me, like obviously, when they have a pick in the first round and when it's in the top half of the first round, I'm obviously more excited because those are the impact players. Don't forget that the Patrick Willis draft was also the Joe Staley draft. Yes. Right. Talk about, you know, talk about an impactful first round. You know, I can't think of another first round in recent 49ers history that that netted two 49ers all timers, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. And and you know a hall of famer in in my eyes in patrick willis and and to be perfectly honest a borderline hall of famer in, in joe staley so um the draft the draft is fun <clears throat> it, it's interesting like you said zane it's almost more fun when you're bad right because you get to pick higher and those tend to be the the more impactful players but also when you're bad and you pick high and you pick poorly right it just sets you back even even further and oh, yeah you know, the 49ers have, have experienced that. And so, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I did a a live stream of the 2021 draft, right? Because all of a sudden the 49ers who were two years removed from being in the Super Bowl were picking third, right? Which is not something that you 
tend to to see with teams that had success that recently. And and obviously we knew that they were going up for a quarterback. And, you know, like I said, I've said in a previous episode, I had money on who that quarterback was going to be. So I had a, a vested monetary interest in, um, you know, in who they picked. And, you know, obviously it's not as exciting this year. It wasn't as exciting last year. But you also got to realize that the 49ers make their money in those middle rounds. And it's not as entertaining to watch, but that is really where they 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 absolutely shine. And so... Oh yeah. The fact that they're the the bulk of what they have this year is in those middle rounds, I think is actually really, really interesting. And that's yeah, that's where that's where you make your money there. And, and that's where you get your depth, and that's where you get your role players. I, I think back to that 86 draft, the Bill Walsh 86 draft, where his his third round was Tom Rathman, Tim McHire, John Taylor, and then his fourth round was Charles Haley, Steve Wallace, Kevin Fagan. So I don't know how excited people were back then. The Niners didn't have a second round pick. They took Larry Roberts in the second, but you get out of that draft with those six guys in the, in the third and fourth round. I mean, it's things like that that really set up your franchise. It's not Jerry Rice or Joe Montana, but those are the guys who helped you win championship upon championship. Charles Haley was a hall of famer. You know, Rathman's a legend. McCarr was a really good player. Just, that's And the Niners have done that with this regime because you see the Kittles and the Warners and Greenlaws, and I'm sure I'm missing a million people, but they didn't always hit at the top of the draft or the guys they got really other than Bosa weren't crazy good or exceptional. Kinlaw looks like a miss. Thomas was a miss. McGlinchey was a solid starter, but he wasn't what you would hope for for a, a top 10 tackle. Yeah. Ruben Foster was a miss. You know, they have a lot of these misses up, up front, but they've done so well after that and in the later rounds, it's really balanced it out. So it, it, it's going to be fun to see what they do this year and how they maneuver. So their plan is going to be interesting to me. I'm curious what the plan is for them right now going into it. Cause there are some, there are some positions guys that, and I, I kind of want to look at the um, depth chart a little bit with you guys as we talk about the plan, but let's talk the people who may not know, or just need a reminder. The Niners first pick is uh, round three, pick number 99. They have two other picks in the third round, 101 and 102. They have three picks in the fifth round, 155, 164, 173. Round six, they pick 216. And then round seven, there are 222, 247, 253, and 255. I do not think that they're going to use all those picks. I, I think that they're yeah. going to move around. They, they're now, not picking 11 players, that's for sure. No. Yeah, no. I, I just don't see it. And, and they have needs on this team. This is a team that is very good. They have a lot of stars. But I see holes. I do. And I don't know if if – People just are kind of blind to them right now or what it is. The first thing I see, I'm going to kind of run through the depth chart, the holes I see, and then we can react to everything. But they're taking a running back. They do every year. Eli Mitchell, listen, he's, he's a terrific player when he's healthy. He is never healthy. And Jordan Mason kind of reminds me of um, the hasty. Everybody was like, hasty, oh, he's going to be so good. Well, they never really showed faith in him. And I love Jordan Mason. But he had opportunities last year, and they didn't really give him a chance. So are they in on him? I don't know. So I think they're going to take a running back. I think tackle is a – I still think it's a gigantic need. You don't know with McKivitz. I think Williams only has a couple of years left. They need to do that. That's a gigantic hole as well. I think defensive end is a gigantic hole. You have Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson. You hope he takes the next step. But then are you happy with Farrell and Austin Bryant and Alex Barrett? God forbid anything ever happens to Bosa. God forbid. And then safety as well. You have Gibson, who's going to be around for probably another year. 33. And then you have George Odom and Miles Hartsfeld. 
again, they, they need people there. They need it. So there's some gigantic holes. So in kicker as well, they really don't have one. Um, I don't buy that Zane Gonzalez is going to be the kicker. So it's interesting, guys. I don't know what the plan is going to be, but I, I think I don't think it's a depth draft for them. I think they have to draft for people that can make an impact, maybe not this year, but the following year. Zane Gonzalez is absolutely going to be the kicker. You know why? Because <laughs> his name is Zane. That's why. And Zane's you know, doing great things. You know, the funny thing with that is when that happened, I I, I was looking at, you know, because I try to read up on him or what people are, are tweeting. I, I or tweeting or writing or whatever. But I love that people automatically become like experts on Zane Gonzalez. Like right. anybody has ever seen or paid attention to him kick at all. When Zane Gonzalez kicks, you like go to the bathroom. Like nobody's paying attention. And then <laughs> I just pick up. Like, well, you know, I remember. An extra point he kicked in uh, 2018 in week seven, and his leg trajectory was – no, you don't. Nobody has any idea who Zane Gonzalez is or what he does. Nobody. I don't know, Panthers fan, maybe, but nobody cares. Nobody knows. He's probably not even going to be a kicker. Just say, like, I don't know. I don't know who he is. You guys, so, okay. he's Sorry, he's a kicker that they acquired for a conditional seventh-round pick swap in 2025. That's what they pay, That's what they sent to the <laughs> yeah, Panthers like, for this guy. Like – Let's let's pump the brakes, right? Like he's there just in case they can't figure anything else out or find, you know, f- find a guy that they like in the draft or whatever. Uh, but he's definitely insurance uh, because there's no chance that they're going into the season with Zane Gonzalez as their only uh, field goal kicker. Yeah, yeah let's. No, I believe in you, baby. There. No, no, it is going to be Zane. I believe in my fellow Zane. It's going to be Zane Gonzalez. And he's gonna kick field goals, and he's gonna win them games, and because his name is Zane, that's why. Do you not feel like Zanes are well represented in like life or pop culture? I mean, or sports. I feel like I feel like who's, who's a famous Zane? Uh, Zane Beatles, former yeah. offensive lineman for the 49ers. I interviewed him actually at an open practice one time, and I'm like, "Hey, my name's Zane too," and and uh, it was actually pretty funny. Um, that was like fresh off of his Pro Bowl year coming when, when he came from Denver and he was uh decidedly not performing at the Pro Bowl level when he when he came here. But did he I, laugh I or like just they, you? I'm sorry? Did he laugh or did or just you? Did he think it was um, I was mostly laughing at myself. <laughs> I'm mostly laughing at myself. But um was, there's Billy Zane. Fun. Yeah, Billy it doesn't Zane. Count, though. <laughs> the dude from One Direction, Zane Mullick. Oh, there you go. Oh, all there right. I mean, I don't yeah, know who that is. And I think that's spelled the same way as yours, isn't it? It's Z A Y N. You know what? You know what we have to have uh, one of these why? shows: an all-time Zane team. Let's do that next show. All-time oh, Zane okay. team. All right, that sounds good. I, I want to. I want to do a quick exercise with you guys right now in talking about how the Niners can find impact players even later in the draft. So I just picked a random draft, a recent random, some semi-recent random draft, and I went to the third round, which is when the Niners had their first pick. So the following players were were picked in the third round, and Al, we were kind of talking off air about this, but. The following mm-hmm. players uh, at, for, were picked by various teams in the third round in 2016. So this is a random draft, third round. Uh, Kevin Byard, um, Yannick Ngakwe was found in that round. Kenyon Drake was found. Um, you had Austin Hooper. You had uh, Kendall Fuller. You had Javon Hargrave was found in that round. CJ Procise, Jacoby Brissett. Um, you've got a bunch of other guys that were found there. Um Justin Simmons was found there. So mm-hmm. you can find star level talent in the third round. It's usually going to come with some red flags. So we have to be prepared for that or underperformance in some area. Like their spark score may be like not like a perfect sort of diagram, but you can find 
really good pieces later on in the draft. And I think that when you have coaches like a Steve Wilkes or a Bobby Turner or a Chris Kucerich that can develop those players and that have that ability to get the most out of the players, then that's, that's a huge benefit to you because you can take a chance on some of those guys in later rounds. And as we've seen with the Niners, you know, with the defensive line rotation they've had and Talano Hofunga in the backfield, defensive backfield, like they get the most out of their draft picks. Um, you look at Eman, he was an undrafted free agent, came in, became a solid starter in this league. You, mm-hmm. Aziz Al-Shair, the list goes on. So who is going to be the next Niner that comes in that is unheralded from an unheralded college that becomes the next star? That's my question. It's not about if, it's about when, because this team churns out players like crazy like that. And they, they end up cashing out and going to other teams. But the point is, is that they get the ability to cash out because the Niners, this Niners coaching staff develops them. So I think that's the exciting thing for me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting Al. you, you, you mentioned that it feels like for the first time in, in a few years, uh, we're going into a season feeling like there are some holes on this roster, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because the, the guys that they've developed that they drafted in the later rounds, like a Fred Warner, like, a um, like, uh, George Kittle, right. Uh, they're, they're, they're paid now and, and they're expensive, but <clears throat> there are holes, right. And, and not only are there holes, but there are holes that are starting to emerge that will be holes in a year or two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with players that are aging, uh, <clears throat> either out or up. Right. And so <clears throat> when you go into a draft with, you know, with your first pick not coming until 99, it's hard to think like, yeah, we're going to get some impact players that will fill some of these holes that we currently have. Or the, you know, the, the thing that this team seems to be doing, at least in the past few drafts is pinpointing players that won't be here in a year or two and drafting their replacement. And then, you know, moving them into a starting role. They did that with Aaron Banks, knowing that they weren't going to pay Lakin Tomlinson. And they have done that now with Colton McKivitz, right? Where they knew that they weren't going to be able to afford Mike McGlinchey, but they had a guy there that they could, that they could move in. Uh, also Jalen Moore, um, you know, they've got the, the list goes on, but some of those, some of those holes, right? Some of those positions, a right tackle, uh, a safety um, uh, linebacker. I, I don't really, I don't really think, but edge, right? Mm-hmm. If you're looking for impact, you're not necessarily the likelihood of finding it at 99 or lower is, is, is low. Right. And so it, it certainly feels like to me with the 11 picks that they have in this draft and a couple of players. And you mentioned one already, Al and, and Elijah Mitchell, that they might be able to move, for mm-hmm. some extra draft capital or, or higher draft capital. I, I really think there's going to be a lot of movement from the 49ers in this draft. I think that is the, when we talk about what's the plan, I think that's the plan. I think the plan is they're going to figure out ways to move up. And I think they're going to figure out ways to move up to attack one of three areas. And that's either tackle edge, more likely edge. In in mm-hmm. my opinion, they, they've already shown that they value that more than the tackle position and tight end. Yeah. And, and tight end. Um, and this is a deep draft in tight end. So they might not feel like they have to move up. There's, there's yeah. some mid round talent there that, 
you know, very much could end up being superstar level just with the depth there. But I, I think it's edge edge and or and or right tackle. And to me, they can deal from an area of strength in either like an Elijah Mitchell or we talked about it prior to, to recording and, and I threw it out there. I, there's a lot of smoke right now about the 49ers moving Trey Lance. And I've, I've talked to people who have connections that say, yeah, they're, they're absolutely shopping him right now. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of people that say there's no way, right. They, they, they had too many quarterback injuries last year. They're not, it, it just, there's, there's a whole lot of smoke. Now, does that smoke in 49er land always equate to fire? No, right? There was mm -hmm. a lot of smoke for Mac Jones. Boom, Trey Lance, right? But, you know, I was I was listening to and I think it was I think it was the Athletic Football show with Nate Tice and and Robert Mays. Sorry. Robert Mays and Nate Tice. Robert Mays is the host. But, you know, they talked about how even even the scouting in that 2021 draft when they moved up for Trey Lance, it was difficult, right? We're still on the tail end of COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of opportunity to meet like face to face with with prospects, and I think that I think they, I think they feel like and they may have been duped by Trey Lance's game film against inferior opponents. And I think they got him in the building and went, wait a second, this is not the guy that we thought it was. Zane, you were saying this earlier as well, uh, again, off air, that, you know, people keep talking about Trey Lance as a dual threat quarterback, but he doesn't really look like a, a very athletic or fluid runner. He, he, mm -hmm. he, he bulldozed players at North Dakota State, but those are, you know, FCS players, not, not uh, NFL players. And, 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 there's a part of me that thinks maybe again, they feel like, Hey, we, I don't want to say we got duped, but you know, we, we did a poor job in, in, in scouting this guy and they love Brock Purdy. I mean, they love Brock Purdy. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's so evident. And I know that there there's fear there with the elbow and how he will recover. But I, I really, I, to me, it feels like more than a 50% chance that Trey Lance gets traded uh, either by the draft or on draft day. And I think a lot of that is going to depend upon how the draft falls for certain teams. Um, and so that could be another way that they end up with more draft capital, higher draft capital to address some of those holes like tackle or like edge. If Purdy wasn't hurt, I would say this, this thing could happen. The fact that he's, that, that they don't know, they still don't know. I just think it's irresponsible. I don't care how much mm -hmm. they like Sam Darnold. I'm not saying it won't happen because I think I think it could. But obviously, if Purdy was healthy and they signed Darnold, I think the writing is on the wall. Sure. But we'll see. I, I think it is a possibility. I, I think in the end, because of Purdy's injury, I think they'll hold on to him. I mean, that's that's just my gut. I don't have any inside information or anything on that. But it was interesting you said about like just did did they not approach it correctly with him? Did they get duped or whatever? I went back and I looked because I, I've been talking forever that Trey Lance is one of the greenest quarterback prospects we've ever seen. So could they have been duped? Sure. But again, they also put all that investment into a quarterback who had no experience. And I went back and looked, I literally went back and looked at the stat line for every game that he played in every start in college. 
He had 16 attempts or less. He had 17 starts. 16 attempts or less eight times. Half of his games he threw 16 times or less. He had games Mm -hmm. where he threw like eight passes in there. Mm -hmm. 18 to 23 attempts seven times. So 15 of his 17 starts, he only threw the ball at a max of 23 times. He did not throw the football a lot. He was throwing it against inferior competition. He had two times where he he threw 30-plus, and one of those times was the one-off start in the COVID year when he just played that one game. He was 15-31 in that game. So it is very interesting. He's only 23. His NFL attempts in his games are 1, 18, 29, 23, 28, and 3. So, again, he just doesn't have any reps. But, Brian, you might have said this off the air. Or, Zane, one of you guys said it off the air. It doesn't seem like they're interested in developing him right now. They're not. They're interested in winning games right now, which makes you kind of feel like it. Well, it's definitely, you don't feel like it is Purdy's team. It is Purdy's team. But makes you kind of feel like if Darnold seems more ready, they're going to go with Darnold. So, if they feel that way, do they cut him loose? I don't know. Do they try to? make up some draft capital here. If they say, listen, this guy, we know this guy is not the future for, for whatever reason. I don't know how you can tell that given his age and how much experience he has, but maybe he's in, they're in the building with him and they just say, you know what? We screwed up. He's not the guy. We need an edge. We need a right tackle. We want to win. Now we need a really good safety. Maybe they do. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe they do decide it. It's really interesting because I think you have a guy who could be gone in a few weeks or maybe you could turn it around and be the franchise quarterback. It's literally that two opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating debate. To, to me, it's fascinating. It really is. I, I hate that we, it is, it's fascinating, but I, but I hate that we are still talking about them trying to settle the quarterback position in year seven. Mm-hmm. And to me, all that does is it's, it's comical how bad Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been at settling this position up until now. It's, show me another team that has taken seven years to settle their quarterback position and the head coach and the GM are still there. I'm not saying that you'd be fired. I'm just saying that like the bad teams do these things, right? Good teams don't do this. So now that they've got hopefully Brock Purdy going forward or Trey Lance or whatever it is, right? Hopefully that solution is on the roster, but I don't want to be doing this every year, right? Where it's like, all right, well, who's going to be the quarterback, whether, whether through attrition or through, lack of talent or production or whatever it may be they have to get this settled in order to win a championship you cannot win a championship in the nfl unless your quarterback position is settled and the reason why they haven't won a championship under kyle is because very largely their quarterback position has not been settled and whether it's trey whether it's sam darnold whether it's brock purdy whether it's mickey mouse or whoever it is zane beatles whether boy, <laughs> that's a fantastic impression. I hope, I hope, I hope we can. It's really, really good, Brian. The hidden, the hidden challenge you have. That's Cl- right. Clip that's that. right. <laughs> or, or, as, or as Jim Rohn likes to say, rack that. Rack that guy. Rack him. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just I just can't get over how poorly they've handled this. Like, you, you gave up the world to trade up for Trey Lance. If you were just going to dump him, why did you do that? It, it was a total – what this looks like, it looks like an emotional, impulsive decision that they made to trade up. De- they were desperate to get get out from under Jimmy Garoppolo. They made an impulsive decision to trade up. Then when they traded up, they're like, oh, crap, what do we do now? And you can make the argument that, yeah, that that was the package they would have offered for Deshaun Watson. 
or it was the package that they would have given for Matthew Stafford or whatever, like they would have brought Stafford here. Look, at the end of the day, you, you didn't get those deals done. And it's it's a results-based business. And you continuously failed to put a long-term solution at the quarterback position up in front of us. And that, to me, is, is the biggest failing of this regime. And look, they've done a lot of great things. that You can't argue with three championship games in six years in the Super Bowl appearance. From where they came from, that roster that they inherited from Trent Baalke, which was a tire fire, and coming off two one-and-done one coaches, it's been a fantastic job that they've done. However, the, the one Achilles heel that they've had is the quarterback position because Kyle cannot settle on a quarterback. He cannot make up his mind. We, we talked about this so many times before. He doesn't know what he wants in the quarterback aside from press the B button and the ball goes there. That's it. So to me, what I look at and the way that I look at this is – I don't have very much trust in how Kyle Shannon evaluates quarterbacks. I have trust in his, his scheme to put them in the best position, but I don't trust his evaluation process because he has, he has not been able to evaluate them correctly. He had to get that Trey Lance pick right for what he gave up. Brock Purdy basically saved him because he got it wrong mm-hmm. for Trey Lance pick. We can say that now. If, he, if they get rid of Trey, that's the official like time of death on this. Like, hey, you got it wrong, Kyle. And I, I that's just... It's just inexcusable to me. I, I I don't understand how that's okay. So could you imagine if 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 they did trade him and Purdy ends up being just another dude and like Trey goes to like Tennessee or Houston, it lights it up. Could I mean could could you imagine <laughs> just oh. the absolute disaster that would be? But I, I don't I don't think given where they are, the uncertainty around Purdy's injury, just that alone, just that alone, forget about his play. Mm-hmm. Forget that he only played eight or nine games or whatever it was. The uncertainty of his elbow, you don't know. You cannot get rid of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Okay. They might, I'm not saying they won't. It could happen, right. but I, and, I think he'd and, be nuts. nuts. And, and I'm going to play devil's advocate there, and 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 I'm going to do it in this way. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know that there are many coaches in the NFL with a bigger ego than Kyle Shanahan, and I'm not saying that negatively. I'm, I'm really not. You're right, I, I think though. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle yeah. Shanahan believes in himself. I mean – like m- many people don't right his offense is the star and that's kind of his offense is the, exactly his offense yeah. is the star and you know we talked a little bit al uh you and i with with mike silver about this idea of kind of money balling the quarterback situation mm-hmm. and you know if if you look around the nfl is there another team in the nfl who's had a quarterback situation like the 49ers no is there another team in the nfl has who has had the kind of success that the 49ers have had with uncertainty of the quarterback position the answer is no and what is what is and the only underlying uh current that that keeps them going is Kyle Shanahan and his offense and so in in my eyes recency bias at the at the the decision maker level says we drafted Brock Purdy with pick 262 he was a four-year starter in college we loved that he, you know, that he, that he lifted that, that program up that he started for four seasons, right? These are all the things that we love. And he came in and he hit the ground running. What if we trade Trey Lance for, you know, a a high two mid round two? I don't know. I don't don't know what they'd be willing to take. And then we draft a Stetson Bennett, right? A, a 25 year old, uh, you know, vet basically, uh, who played a ton of football at uh, at the uh, college football level and and won a national championship, 
or uh you know or maybe like a clayton tune from from houston who uh, again i think is a three-year starter uh, a bigger guy you know some some tools there uh but perhaps they think yeah we went through three quarterbacks last year i get that but i know and i believe enough in my system that if we if if we do move trey and we do bring somebody like that in if they have to play god forbid they'll be fine because right. it's the system it's not the player right and i feel like brock purdy almost is the poster child for that right and 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 it'll be interesting to see how jimmy garoppolo does in las vegas without kyle shanahan even though he is going to josh mcdaniels who i i think is is you know i'm not a huge fan of mcdaniels but his offense has been largely successful uh, in the what nfl if he does better if he does better, that will be that will be an even in more interesting conversation. But I just I, I think the uncertainty in Brock's elbow doesn't scare them as much as it scares everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I think they believe in themselves enough that that they they I think they could genuinely believe. Look, we could move Trey, and and we could do that to get you know a, a, an edge player, right? Get a guy, get a D Ford type, right? A guy who's running four five, coming screaming off the edge, right? That's when that's when this defensive line was lights out was when D Ford was opposite Nick Bosa and sure block Bosa, but Ford screaming off the edge at four five and getting right. to your guy. Right. And now you've got Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. If you add a speed guy, it's lights out. It's just absolutely lights out. And so, but those guys, those guys that fit that mold, they're not going to be there at 99. Right. Now there's one guy that I think could, and that's Byron young who is at Tennessee. Cause he's 25, right? He's 25. That's the one thing that I that I noticed about this draft uh, specifically, and and I think it's a I think it's a a byproduct of of COVID. There's a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. old Blue prospects players. in this draft. 24, 25, right? Even twenty three, right? Twenty three t- usually is like the high end, and and the guys that are going first and second round tend to be like 20, 21, 22. Now you got a bunch of dudes that are 23, 24, 25 years old. You've got quarterbacks that are 25 years old, right? Like you got Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett. I, I just I think I I think that they believe Kyle Shanahan believes enough in his system that it's the rising tide that lifts all boats, that he can get good enough play out of a seventh round rookie quarterback if the need arises. And so I, I don't I don't think it would be crazy for them to trade Trey. I don't agree with it. I think I think they need to develop Trey, but I also know that all signs point to them having zero interest in that. So if you have no interest in developing the guy, don't don't let him just sit there and take up nine million dollars of cap space. Move him, right? Spend the extra million and a half, which it will cost basically, right? His his cap hit right now is nine point eight. If they trade him, it would be eleven point something, right? It's like one point eight that they'd have to to put in. And 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 get some capital to fill these holes that we talked about, right? Right tackle, uh, edge, right edge opposite Bosa, uh, a safety, right a safety that could take Jimmy Ward's place. Tayshawn Gibson is only is is thirty three years old on a one year deal, right? There are there are holes to fill, and and I think they'd be willing to move Trey to fill them. And I I obviously could be wrong because this is just my opinion, but there just seems to be too much smoke for there not to be a little bit of fire from everything that's been said in the media, 
all the rumors that are out there. I don't listen to too many of those, but there are people that I do trust that have told me from sources inside the building. Yeah, they are shopping tray. So I don't know. And, and, and then the question becomes what is sufficient to move him? Is it, is it just a two? Is it a two and a fourth round pick swap? I don't know. Uh, But I've got some ideas, right. And, and we're, we're up against it here. And so I'm not going to go into it here. But I've got some ideas on on teams that could theoretically uh, be looking at at Trey Lance, um, his hometown team, right? Who won't have a quarterback after this year? Uh, mm-hmm. Houston, who uh, has D'Amico Ryan's as, and is installing the Shanahan uh, system with Bobby Slowick as offensive coordinator. Rand Carthen in Tennessee, who was a part of the the uh, the, the you know the the brain trust that drafted him. There there are there are places for him to go it's just a matter of if those teams are, are willing to 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 take him it's just you know every, everything you brought up is valid just for me looking at it because i i'm a huge brock Purdy fan and he might be the dude he, they look i keep saying the proof was on the field when he was there they were outstanding sure. best point scoring since steve young when he was on the field that good so he could be the dude they better hope he's the dude because what they're doing is not sustainable unless you have a quarterback. So you mentioned the 2019 defensive line. Yeah, when you got Ford, Buckner, Bosa, and Armstead, yeah, you can almost win a Super Bowl with that defensive line without really a, a superstar quarterback. And they all they almost did. They almost did. But yeah. here's the one consistent with it. You're going to keep being the bridesmaid. You eventually, you have to get that quarterback. So unless they can get a screamer off the edge, is the defense good enough right now? Maybe to get through the NFC, maybe, but to get through Mahomes, to get through Allen, to get through Burrow, to get through those guys, I, I don't think so. I think they, I think the AFC is kind of playing a different game right now with some of those quarterbacks that are coming in. Oh, for sure. Jalen, Jalen Hurts, I thought in the Super Bowl was able to give a Super Bowl type effort. He, I thought he was phenomenal. Other than the fumble, he, he was phenomenal. Certainly, they need that. I don't know if the Niners have that. So. We'll see. I don't think they can keep doing it at the QB position just because Kittle's going to leave. George Kittle's probably the second, first or second best tight end in franchise history, depending on what you think, maybe a Vernon Davis, maybe Brent Jones for his era. era I don't know, mm-hmm. but whatever. He's in the conversation. You're probably not going to get another George Kittle after he's gone. It's probably not going to happen. Debo Samuel is a crazy weapon. Are you getting another one of those? You weren't able to get one for how long? You know, these guys don't come around. You just don't replace a Debo Samuel. You just don't replace a George Kittle. So either you do it with those guys and you just have a loaded team around this QB position, or if you want to have it continue, you have to get the quarterback right. You just have to. So we'll see. I know everybody's got kind of – there's a lot of – and it's fine. The Niners going to be very good this year. There's a lot of red and gold. Everything's going to be great. I don't know that. Are they going to be good? Yeah. they be a playoff team? Absolutely, I think. But in terms of winning the championship – Better hope Purdy comes back, dude, or Lance takes it next step. So, and all we can do is wait and see. That's all we can do, Brian. That's it. All right. Well, Zane, I say Zane. Zane had to drop out early. He just um, comes and hear, goes. I can. There's I can a lot of shows. Youngest. Zane just he comes in late. He drops early. We don't. Yeah. We never know what's going to happen. So he's 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 a, right he's, he's a wild card. Uh, I can hear my youngest crying right now, so I'm probably going to have to right, deal with that here in a second. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be back uh, again this week. We'll be focusing on the draft and 
And uh, it'll be interesting. I, I really am fascinated by this team and, and what they can do in the draft, even though their first pick isn't until 99. Definitely. All right, peeps. For Zane and Brian, I'm L. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Nine! Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.